The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. the Van Halen loving voice of your Edmonton Oilers and right now enjoying some much deserved downtime but gearing up for training camp that gets underway in about five weeks just back from vacation Jack Michaels joins me on the phone hey Jack you hate the fact that I don't like Sammy Hagar don't don't you (laughs) yes I do (laughs) yeah that is something we agree on a lot of things we're never going to come to terms on that one I know I just when I have the opportunity Jack I, I have to take it I know, I know. Plus, like, the one thing, I think the thing that closes the case for me, though, is that's got to be the lamest nickname in all of rock and roll, the Red Rocker. I mean, that's pity. I mean, it's just, that's one of the worst nicknames ever. That's what my and I just Jack. I don't think you can argue I don't think you can argue for Sammy Hagar when you've got that lame of a nickname. Oh come on, that's what my husband calls me, the Red Rocker. Well, that's a little bit different. <laughs> and I and I think he calls you that for different reasons than Sammy Hagar is. Hey Jack, how you doing, friend? I'm good. It's been a while since we've chatted. It sure has. It looks like you've been having a, a fantastic vacation. What's up with your baseball tour of stadiums? Were you, you were at a bunch of different places, weren't you? Yeah, did I see I, I Yankee did, Stadium? Uh, I did catch uh, I did catch ball games in Pittsburgh and New York, and you know my son's got the baseball bug, as you may or may not know. I reluctantly uh, agreed to be head coach of his team, so uh, you know I don't know whether that experience has, has either sparked or deflated his interest in baseball. But yes, I've spent uh, I've spent a good chunk of the last six or eight weeks in baseball stadiums, some small, some large. Very cool. And I also think I saw some pictures of you at Wimbledon. I didn't picture you as a tennis guy. Oh, huge. Really? That's something, well, now see, whereas you and I agree on most things, that's yet another to the list of things that Stauffer and I don't see eye to eye on. He's very very close-minded when it comes to tennis, but I am a huge fan. And uh, as you may or may not know, I don't know whether he's ever been on your show, but the head groundskeeper of Wimbledon is actually um, from Stony Plain. Oh, come so, on. Yeah, I mean, how, how coincidence, how much of a coincidence is that? Uh, that that uh, a kid from Alberta uh, just popped up about 20 years ago to work on golf courses, and 20 years later he's, he's the head groundskeeper at Wimbledon. Wow. So that's a, that's a nice little connection, and... Uh, I really, I really enjoyed my time. I've actually, it was my second straight trip to uh, Wimbledon. So, uh, yeah, no, if you're a tennis fan, that's the, uh, that's the hallowed ground for sure. Very cool. Now, I uh, wanted to talk to you a little bit uh, about hockey. I think training camp starts in about five, five weeks. Um, have you been talking to anyone? Have you been in touch to anyone? How is everyone, you know, gearing up? What's, what's being expected here? Well, I mean, I think the biggest intrigue of the off season. Um, there's two stories mm-hmm. at play, uh, and and they have to do with, the, of course, the big trade, which sent Jordan Eberle yeah. to the New York Islanders in exchange for Ryan Strom. I think a lot of people are curious to see uh, where Ryan Strom's going to fit on this hockey club, uh, whether he's going to play wing, whether he's going to play center, and some of the, you know, adding another. 
uh, flexible forward like that. You know, unlike Everly, Strom does play a little center, and that's going to give Edmonton yet another piece to kind of, you know, interplay with, with McDavid Drysaddle. If they want to load up a line uh, with both McDavid and Drysaddle on it, with Drysaddle on the wing, they have the option of dropping Strom down to play either second or third line center. If they want Drysaddle to carry the mail and run his own line, the second line, then you've got an option of, of playing Ryan Strom on, on one of the top two right wing slots. So uh, I think that certainly has been a major story. And, and as Ryan Strom kind of gets used to the you know community, he was, <laughs> as you know, at the Oilers Hockey School recently. So he's, he's kind of getting his feet wet. And, and for him, it's a chance to jumpstart a career that looked like it was ready to take off a couple years ago and has since been kind of sidelined. Uh, due to some injuries and, yeah. and really some upheaval. I, I don't think uh, the Islanders' previous head coach, prior to Doug Waite going in there on an interim basis, I don't think he and Jack Capiano necessarily saw eye-to-eye all the time as to where his role might be on the hockey team. And so sometimes that proverbial change of scenery uh, can really give you a lift. The good thing for Edmonton is he's arriving just as he's about to enter his prime. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that that's going to be a real interesting addition, and then the other took place at the draft, and it was yeah. it was funny this this year, Jalen, as you know, I mean, was not a big like it wasn't a draft that a lot of Edmontonians were looking forward to. There was no McDavid or Drysdale or Nurse or Nugent Hopkins or Taylor Hall to look forward to. There was the fact that Edmonton had one pick yep. in in the first ninety one. And then all of a sudden, they draft this little guy. He was the smallest player ever drafted in the history of the first round in the NHL, Kyler Yamamoto. And, you know, everyone knew he could score at the junior level, but I think he opened a, a lot of eyes with this, uh, with this World Junior Summer Showcase uh, where he was, he was, quite frankly, one of the best players on the ice. He, he carries himself uh, like a guy who's going to, you know, enter his first NHL camp. Like, he thinks he can make it. Uh, I, I think he's a long shot to make the hockey club, but he's got a certain aura about him uh, that that lends me to believe that, that perhaps uh, the Oilers might have gotten, you know, one of the steals of the draft. And, and lest we forget, I mean, the last time the Oilers drafted number 22, that pick was Jordan Everly, yeah. who, was, <laughs> who was a very popular player in this town uh, for several years. So this Kyler Yamamoto, I'm, I'm eager to see, you know, what he brings to the table in Penticton when the Oiler rookies go down there for their annual prospect tournament, and then moving forward, uh, how he hand him, handles himself at his first NHL training camp. So just two of the things that kind of have, have stuck out for me, Jay Lynn, as the Oilers get ready for this season, where they're more the hunted now mm-hmm. uh, rather than the hunter, and that mm-hmm. carries with it a great deal of responsibility. Jack Michaels, uh, the voice of your Edmonton Oilers, joining me on the phone this afternoon. What about the fact that Drysaddle hasn't signed yet? Well, that is kind of the elephant in the room. I mean, there's no question that uh, while it's not necessarily a concern at this stage, uh, it will be in another month or so. I mean, certainly the longer it goes, I think Oilers fans are, are going to get, uh, you know, a little nervous as, mm-hmm. as to whether or not he'll be ready to roll. It's, it's not unlike the situation that Calgary faced last year with Johnny Gaudreau heading mm-hmm. into camp and, and and not signed and obviously a key piece uh you know to that puzzle for calgary edmonton will get through it but what people have to realize is these kind of negotiations when you're dealing with a 
a player of Dreisaitl's caliber, they're hard negotiations. And that's why you like to have an experienced general manager like Peter Shirelli in place because, you know, very few of these go, you know, easily where it's a breeze to the finish line. Um, thing, things can get a little bit rocky, and it's not these are not the easiest deals to get yeah. done uh, when a player who was on the cusp of stardom yet doesn't necessarily have the years, mm-hmm. you know, of accumulated stardom, if you know what I'm saying. It's hard. In other words, it's hard to know what dry subtle ceiling is. There's going to be different interpretations of that, one from the team side, one, of course, uh, from the player representative side, and you've got to find a middle ground. And, and when you're dealing with a guy of dry subtle stature, you know, not just a not just a guy. I mean, he's not just a a piece. <laughs> We're talking about an elite hockey player that carries all kinds of of tangible assets that that you look for in terms of size, speed, change of pace, ability to finish, uh, ice vision. I mean, he's got everything. So that just you know, the, the greater the player is. Yeah often the more complicated it becomes. But Jack, is signing late in the season a bad thing? I mean, Leon Dreisaitl is not going to be changing how he's prepping uh, for the season. You sure he's no. training, doing all of that sort of stuff? Is it just the uncertainty for the team and the fans? It, exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. It's it's just the unknown commodity of when he'll actually you know, be in camp. Mm-hmm. But we're way past the days. I mean, Jalen, when, when you and I were growing up, Training camp was just that, a, a time for guys to get into shape. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> these guys this year, as you know, it's a 12-month cycle, and that goes for all four of the major sports. I mean, these guys are perpetually in training. They're not coming to camp to get in shape. They're coming to camp already in absolute peak physical condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not much of an adjustment. I mean, Dreisaitl's had, you know, two years under his belt here. It's not like his teammates don't know what he brings to the table or don't know how he fits in on a particular line. So really it's a matter of just getting the deal done. And whether that's in late September or tomorrow, Mm -hmm. it really doesn't matter. I think the only adjustment comes into play is if you start getting two and three weeks into the season because now everyone's got a head start on you. The one thing NHL players will say, and guys like Gagne and Eberle, recent you know, elite oiler players who've been injured at the start of the year, injured in the preseason, and have started late, is you do, you do fall behind quickly because there is no substitute for game competition. They are in peak physical condition, but the key to those preseason games, and I think you, you and I probably agree by the time you get to the seventh preseason game, you're just waiting for the regular games to start. But the reason they're there is that's what enables you to get up to game speed, and that's why even the you know the hardcore NHL players who have nothing to prove in the preseason still want three or four of those games because there is no substitute for game competition when it comes to your general conditioning level. Hey, Jack, curious to know how you get ready for the new season? Well, I mean... For me, it's just a matter of staying current. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a matter of... It's a lot of names of, to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 mostly, it's mostly just familiarizing myself, especially in today's day and age. Again, <laughs> the difference is 30 years from now, you knew the team that finished the season would probably be the one that started the year minus one or two players. It's not that way anymore. I mean, there's, there's going to be some turnover. Uh, but, for, but for me, it's basically staying current and... and um, you know, and really, by the time I would say in two or three weeks from now, 
Jalen, I'm I'm eager to get it going. Yeah, like yeah. The, you know, I start missing it, and and uh, you know, you mentioned it. We all we all enjoy our holidays, but ultimately, uh, you know, the passion is following the team on a day to day basis. That's what's so great about you know being being part of the broadcast team is is starting from day one of camp. You see the evolution of a year grow, and it's yeah. always sad to see it end. But then the positive is uh, when you go deep into the playoffs. Uh, you you have that much shorter of a summer, <laughs> and so the new season gets here quicker. So and it's so always, really and for it's, me, it's attacking it and, and getting to know the new players. Yeah. And that's the other thing and, is I had a chance to talk with Ryan Strom at the draft and, nice. and just get a beat on on where his headspace is at. Those kind of things always help you going into a into a next season as far as getting to know uh, you know a guy you're going to be. Uh, more or less harassing for sound bites <laughs> for the next six or seven months. <laughs> yeah, but it's so great to have this excitement around this team going into it. I mean, I think last year we certainly did, but even more so this year. It's just, it feels good. And as far as I'm concerned, hockey starts, football's on. It's a good time to be in Edmonton. Well, no kidding. I mean, you got the Eskimos six and zero off to their best start since I believe 1962, mm-hmm. and and you've got the Oilers coming off. Uh, you know, a, a playoff appearance in a season in which they were an eyelash away from being in the Final Four. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I alluded to it earlier, Jalen. I mean, that's, that is a new challenge this year, and Todd McClellan's very wary of it. I mean, he says the one thing we haven't proven is how we handle, you know, being one of the preseason favorites and, and having those expectations. He does not expect to necessarily sneak off to a 7-1 and one start. If the Oilers <laughs> are going to are going to get off to that kind of start again. They're going to have to earn it because they're going to start getting teams' best game every, you know, night in, night out. They're going to have an idea of what it's like to be the league's elite year in, year out. Teams like Chicago and Pittsburgh. Edmonton isn't going to sneak up on anyone this year. And that, you know, in and of itself is a new challenge, but I also think uh, one that the players are looking forward to embrace. They're carrying themselves a bit differently now that they've had some success. Hey, Jack Michaels, always great to talk to you. Get back, enjoy the rest of your uh, the rest of your vacation. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Always a pleasure to chat with you, Jay Lynn. Enjoy the rest of the summer. Thank you. Take it easy. Marty texted in and said, uh, come on, training camp has never changed. The media, like you guys, have made it up, so it's something... Uh, have made it uh, something it's not just because you need something to talk about. Yeah, okay. Um, thanks for your text, Marty. You can get a hold of us anytime at 630-630 or give us a call at 496-0063. Uh, the Oilers preseason um, schedule starts on Monday, September 8th against Calgary at Rogers Place. The time's 7 o'clock. And... Yeah, so Eskimos, that'll be awesome. Then Wednesday in Winnipeg, the 20th, and then the 22nd, Vancouver. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that, and I just always love it. You know, you get some hockey going, we still have football going. Our Edmonton Eskimos just, you know, out um, doing such a great job this year, given, a, given you know, tough circumstances with, with the injuries to so many players. Uh, 6-0 the first time. Since what 1961? If they go seven and zero tonight, it'll be the first time since then again. They're playing the Ottawa Red Blacks, who've been struggling this year, and we know that Henry Burris came out last week talking about um, you know some of the problems is that the the leadership isn't quite there anymore. Uh, the Red Blacks at one five and one right now. Uh, this show will make way for. 
the dinette and patio furniture pregame show at four o'clock this afternoon. We'll turn it over to Morley and Dave and the Eskimos crew. Uh, kickoff tonight at 5.30. Looking forward to that. Should be another good game. And, uh, you know, the Ottawa needs to win a game. And Edmonton wants to just keep on winning. So who knows what's going to happen. But we know the games have been actually fairly close, all of the games for the Eskimos this year. Except there was the one, uh, the Eskies beating uh, BC, what was it, 37-26. But all the other games pretty much within a, a two, three points. So... Go Eskimos. Uh, your 3.30 News with Eileen Bell. Straight up. It's back. The hardest. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.